Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tim Gillette with another episode of the Tim Gillette Show. Today, I actually get to meet another person. So, um, you know, uh, Kathy Mason has introduced me to some of the coolest people. I just got to give a shout out to Kathy because she's she's got a lot of people who uh, just basically have, uh, you know, someone of interest that I should be publishing out on the show. So uh, today's no exception. Today, we're going to bring on Michael Orwig. All right. I, I really other than reading a few things on his website, don't know a lot about Michael. So we're going to find out all about him uh, on screen today about how he helps people, how he connects people, uh, his history, you know, maybe where he came from. I don't know. Maybe he'll even talk hairstyles with me. I don't know. We'll see what he talks about. Let's bring him on air and find out about who he is. Michael Orwig, how are you, my friend? Welcome. Very well. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, uh, how's 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 the world going on where you live? Uh, where do you live? I should ask. I'm I'm in Denver, south okay. side of, south side of Denver, and uh, it's extraordinarily peaceful here. We have uh, my own little personal sanctuary here at the house, and uh, it's like kind of like being in a bubble around the outside of the insanity that uh, unfortunately so much of the world likes to live in, but. Uh, I disconnected from the fear matrix so, so long ago. And gosh, I mean, I, I know the people out there are well-meaning, but every time I see somebody walking around with the, uh, the mask on, you're going, A, you've bought into the fear. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just why not stamp it on your forehead? And, uh, you know, well-meaning people, they don't want to get sick or whatever, but uh, there's so many agendas in play that you uh, have to be aware of. But mm -hmm. For us, it's been extraordinarily peaceful. I, um, I've got my two books kind of behind me, the red and the blue one on either side of my, uh, if the glare doesn't uh, get you or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I write about the new children. And about a month before the insanity started, I um, had already had the thought to start in on the third book in the series. So I was already re-engaged Mm -hmm. in writing. And this is like a, a great sabbatical to write or um, I'm creating a set of coursework along the lines with some of the material. And a lot of people are having homeschool now. Uh, and just a little few. Yeah. I'm designing it for that. I'm not trying to introduce what I do through the regular education side. They have their own stick and they're going to do what they're going to do. But like one of my one of my favorite uh, questions I love to ask people now, because it's part a piece that I'm writing is if Tim was in charge of the education system, what would Tim teach? And everybody has a different answer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's always based on their own personal story and where they felt that they were let down by the system, if you want to say it that. Yeah. Um, well, for myself, I've studied how we create our reality for 40 years. Wow. And it's not taught to the kids. I mean, can you imagine teaching uh, children from age eight how they are creating their reality in a childlike form by modeling it as an adult and on down the line so that instead of being manipulated, they realize there's no victimhood. I'm consciously working with my reality. And obviously you take that kind of information and 
you have to break it down at different levels for different age groups. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm, I'm doing kind of beta testing with my two 15 year old grandkids. Uh, they're a pair of twins mm -hmm. and uh, I'm working with their material and I'm filming it and doing different things and kind of just seeing how they react to different understandings. Uh, our generation, we came in and saw uh, the amazing work that Law of Attraction did and, yeah, the yeah. and all of that. Well, but most people realize that's like level one and two. It's not the complete story. Mm -hmm. And so I try to bring in everything I've learned over 40 years into into the material and try to try to create material that anybody could understand. Um, most of my focus in writing about the new children is the backstory. What's going on behind the scenes with these amazing souls that are coming in that just happen to be coming in through these little tiny bodies. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, well, do you have children, Tim? I didn't even, we didn't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. My, my, my youngest is, uh, youngest stepson is 27. Uh, my daughter is 31 and my oldest stepson is 34. Well, so, yeah. a little bit younger than mine, but not significantly yeah, so. Yeah. And within the souls coming in with the shifts in consciousness going on planetary wide, mm -hmm. their vibration is different. Their amount of high frequency energy they're holding in their body is significantly higher. They're more sensitive, but most importantly, their consciousness is set up for unity consciousness, literally the new earth that we're moving into planetary wide. And so all of the, all of the paradigms that go back to separation consciousness fear, competition, control, anything that causes separation is like a computer virus into their operating system is the analogy I like to use. Mm -hmm. And the more that I can help parents understand that just because they're having this beautiful baby boy or baby girl and they look like every other generation's cute little uh, child, now. Nah, they're coming in for a new earth. And we as humans have built into our, if you want to call it operating system, we absorb everything from mom and dad up to age seven directly into our subconscious. And it's like getting a um, understanding of how reality at that moment in time is working. My mother was born in 1932. Mm, wow. Think of Think of the patterns that she carried that I picked up and the changes we're at now in a world that's going so fast, the structures in society haven't even remotely tried to catch up. They're 50, 75 years behind what's really needed to support these kids. And that's a lot of what I try to talk about and try to convey different understandings. Uh, I see every person as a genius mm, mm. and you've got your gifts and talents. You've got your specific genius. Yeah. Yeah. But the education system only looks at what it deems is as important in academia. Yeah. Um, 
I my degrees, uh, I went to Duke, normally a pretty considered a pretty good school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At five foot six, I was not part of the basketball program. I can't imagine that. I did play two sports for Duke, though. Okay. I was a uh, a wrestler and I played baseball for Duke. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, at five foot six, and believe it or not, my half brother, mother's second marriage, mother was five foot two. My half brother, Chris, is seven foot one. I clear his waist by, you know, <laughs> a tall drink of water, but be that as it may. Yeah. My degrees are in math and psychology, and I have a master's in mind-based medicine, and I've always loved looking at what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And structures like education focus, in my opinion, on about maybe 2% of the human genius. I was math science, mm-hmm. and yet here I've written, uh, I'm working on my fourth book. Mm-hmm. I despised English. Yeah, I hated it too. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. But it wasn't until I learned how to do more intuitive writing, stream of conscious writing, channel writing, different types along those lines, that the book started emerging. And it's not taught. I mean, there's so many things that aren't taught within the education system. They deem what they think is important to their agenda, whatever that may be. But we leave so many kids behind today because if they don't fit in with academia, you know, they're considered not smart or dumb or whatever. But no, everyone is a genius. And one of my favorite uh, quotes was Einstein's. I don't know if you've heard it, but don't judge a fish's genius by its ability to climb a tree. So true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, wow. Uh, right there is the statement that, 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 that needs to be said over and over again, all right, by how people are judging. And yeah, I, I, I would never have judged you by that. Anyway, but yeah. Um, go on. I mean, I want you to go on about your story there a little bit more. I, uh, for career-wise, I, I, one of the, my favorite talks that I like to do is uh, some doors open and some doors close. At age 65, I've been able to look back through my life path at the different synchronicities that have allowed me to do different things for my path, my soul's calling, my path. Um, I was a 747 captain for United on a metaphysical path. I needed the travel piece. I yeah. needed to fly in Asia. I worked with energy for the last 20 years. I, I went through my awakening in the mid 90s for mm-hmm. me. And I would not get on an airplane post 9-11 unless I was aligned energetically for ease and grace. There was so much fear put on the populace. But as the captain my energy set the tone for the entire energetic field for the airplane. Hmm. And most people don't realize within the selecting of potentials within the quantum field that there's an infinite number of possibilities that can occur in any experience. Mm -hmm. And in different levels of meditation and, and my own trance work, I would go and look at circumstances like um, 
Sully Sullenberg's landing in the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. Well, how much of that experience was caused by mass consciousness, mm. consciousness of the people on the airplane? Because it's a consciousness event. It's not just a a physical happenstance. Yeah. And then I would do the same thing on a couple of my own experiences. But it, it's interesting. It's easier for me because I, I teach 737s at the training center now. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me now to talk about energy as a captain and their state of mind, their state of being when a new captain comes to me for training and I'm talking to him about advising him on what to do when he gets on the airplane. They love to talk about their state of being and how that affects everything around their flight. Mm. They, it's, you know, it's not taught. And I just happen to catch the guys normally for a week's time period. And if I have enough time within the normal course that I work with, I share, you know, some of my experience and they love that. Now, areas where there's more of a wounding, like a 9-11, you know, a little bit harder to go there. You can't exactly know where people think of around understandings of 9-11, but as far as just energy and working with energy as a as an individual as a captain mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating to see within the mass consciousness awakening mm-hmm. things that i can talk to people brand new just like yourself that i'd never met before that i can talk to them about uh the subject would have never been broached 15, 20 years ago, but, but they're at least at some level of understanding and open to a deeper level and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, most of my main focus is on helping parents with uh, changing their paradigms. And we're raising uh, fourth density children with third density paradigms. Explain Explain that a little bit more. Well, that's back to the unity consciousness and the separation versus separation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Many of the parents, and and I'll use your your kids' age group in that twenty-five to thirty-five range. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids are thirty-five to forty, just a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. Depending upon what the parent modeled for them and mm-hmm. taught them is going to depend upon how they raise their children. And if you're, well, are you familiar with the term just still being asleep on a, on a consciousness level? Yeah. Yeah. Depending upon how awake they are or how asleep they are normally depends on where they bought into the modeling that mainstream media wants to condition them to see versus being more in alignment with looking at and feeling for themselves. And this is one of my, always my big things is what is in Tim's best and highest interest, not Michael's, not David's or whatever. If we're talking about Tim, the only thing I would worry about is what's in your best and highest interest. What's your heart's calling? Where's your excitement? Where's your passion? And I bring things back much more individualistically, but we don't live our life like that. 
there, so many don't. You're you're right. I mean, and, and like you were saying in the beginning, the the idea of us being, yeah. you know, uh, you know, by by the media, taught the fear by the media right now, uh, in our current pan pandemic, and you know, yeah, it it really gets to me, you know, that people aren't awake, and like you just said, I mean, everything I do is I want to know what's what you what you want, not what I not what I want for you, but what do you want for you? And there are so many people, Michael, who can't answer that question. No. And they don't know what their passion is. They don't know how, what their heart's calling is. Why? Because they've listened to everything that society throws at them, mm -hmm. whether it's parental, education, religion, yeah. who knows, whatever, wherever their influences or their friends, they're not listening to their own passion. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing. Are you familiar with Daryl Anka and his channeling of Bashar? I, I can't say that I am. So explain who he is to me and let well, me know. Anka is a uh, individual out in uh, California and he channels a, an entity by the name of Bashar. Mm -hmm. And some of Bashar's understandings that he conveys are easily, in my opinion, the most practical, usable, and complete along this line of uh, learning how to work in this reality as a conscious creator. And the key thing that I'm teaching my grandkids is to follow their excitement. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how the higher self communicates to us through the body. And it communicates us through passion. And this is, uh, it's your passion, but it can be called many things. Your passion, your curiosity, inspiration, excitement. And it's not just the big thing. You literally follow your excitement in all of your choices during the day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what choice feels a little bit more exciting than maybe the other ones that are on your plate today? Mm -hmm. As you do that, you open up the, in essence, the portal of information from your higher self. And that's when you start seeing the synchronicities come in. And it's, it's, that's what I'm teaching the, my two grandkids that are 15 and seeing what they can pick up, what they're, you know, what kind of, what aspects of the material they're understanding with where they're at. And uh, I meet with them on Zoom right now, just once a week, and I'll send them some material and different things, but it's about implementing the living your passion mm -hmm. in your mm -hmm. life. But the thing is, the parents have to be on board. Yeah. If the parents are supportive of the kids like that, there's no parenting. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did way back, way, I had more, uh, not your hair, but I had more hair. Give, you know. <laughs> when I did my awakening, one of the early tools I used was a pendulum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my thought was that I practiced on and on and on was, is something in my best and highest interest? Mm -hmm. You go to a restaurant and I would pendulum on the menu for what my body would want today. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize if I got to the chocolate cake, maybe there was a little bias going on there. I know. But maybe I have a sweet tooth, maybe. Yeah, just maybe. You recognize your biases. Yeah, yeah. You recognize when you have an attachment to the outcome. Well, I got divorced in 98. So, of course, then, you know, you're pendulum to see if this real lovely lady wants to go out with you or not. You know, like, yeah, you have no attachment to the outcome there. So 
you you learn about trying to listen to the information without attachment to the outcome and being neutral with where the path takes you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I did with my kids when they were when we were all going through that time period, my youngest, Katie, uh, let's see, Katie was born in 86. I'm doing math in public. So she was 12. My youngest was 12 at the time. I had them start with a pendulum. And if they could prove to me that something was in their best and highest interest, no matter what it was, I told them I would support it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And so what does that do as a parent? There's no control issues. No. It's up to them to play tune in. And you know, all three of my kids still do that today. If something goes, you know, a little bit, a little bit of life kicks, kicks in or whatever, and they've got a challenge. My question is, well, what have you been getting in your, within your guidance or whatever? It's not immediately me spitting out, uh, you need to do this, which is my projection from my past or my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Now, I may have a little bit of a clarity if I get some my own intuitive insight that I may share. But to me, parenting is about assisting these amazing, amazing souls that are coming into the planet mm-hmm. and not trying to control it. Mm-hmm. Uh, these individuals are coming in for a new earth. Mm-hmm. I don't really know completely what that's going to look at. And I have some ideas, but does anybody really know what this planet will look like 10 years from now? Well, if you based it on the last 10 years, no. No. And it's exponential mm-hmm. right now. There are so many shifts going on at a rapid pace, but what do most people do? Mm-hmm. They live in the past, and just like uh, Trump's phrase going into the election last time around, make America great again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was that concept of we're going to roll back time back to the old days when you were in charge. Mm. At least that's one of the thoughts around that. Yeah. It's about rolling back to go back, oh, to the good old days, the way it was. Mm-hmm. No, we're leaving those completely behind and moving into a much higher energetic, a much higher vibration. And Mother Earth has already gone there. And one of the things I do teach, Tim, is in regard to the Earth energies, she's like the drummer to the band. Mm-hmm. Where she takes the beat, where her vibration goes as a conscious entity, every organism, plant, animal, human on this planet has to shift with that vibration or they'll simply go elsewhere. Mm. But there's a transition time period and that's what we're in right now. And that's why you see high frequency levels of consciousness in some areas and some extremely low. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like two separate realities coexisting and I can see them. And this comes back to one of your early questions that you asked, how are things here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not part of the crazy reality that's going on there, seeing it as a pandemic. Mother Earth will not allow a pandemic. Mm. It affects her vibration. And that's yeah. the neat thing. Yeah. 
But most people don't understand that. They only understand what mainstream media has been telling them or if they buy into the doctors. But the way it, and I'm talking behind the scenes type stuff that the average person doesn't know. Mother Earth, if there was a pandemic, it would affect her vibration. So as her own conscious entity making a conscious choice, the universe, the different star cousins that help us currently with our shifts, uh, light workers from around the planet, whoever is completely allowed to mitigate the effects of the virus. Whereas it could have been much worse, but no, it uh, free will choice allows the individuals to release the virus on the public. Mm -hmm. But Mother Earth's free will choice allows that to simply be mitigated. And most people don't understand, honestly, the soul's path and death. I could die and choose to leave with a hangnail. Mm. It's always the soul's choice to leave when the soul wants to. There is no victimhood ever. So, I mean, and, and, you know, and I've heard that, I mean, I've heard stories like that, you know, uh, uh, Michael with, with like, you know, someone who, you know, gets locked into a, a freezer and they think they're freezing to death. All right. When in reality it was unplugged. All right. It's like their mind checked into it. Is that, is that, is that they the created a reality? They yeah. created a reality and froze to death by mm -hmm. their mind's consciousness. So yeah. yeah, within this virus, what's worse, the fear or the virus itself? The fear. I know that. Fear. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's why you see the government have everybody wear masks. Because mm -hmm. as soon as they see the mask, it says, be in fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As a pilot, post 9-11. Well, anybody that understands the energies behind the scenes knows it was basically an inside job. And we, we're not going to go into that. I could talk all day long about just the lies the government has put out around 9-11. But those airplanes did not bring down the building or not. Jet fuel burns a thousand degrees colder than is needed to melt the steel. Mm -hmm. A thousand degrees, not 500, not a hundred, a thousand degrees colder. I'm not saying airplanes didn't hit the buildings, but that's not what brought the buildings down. And um, I, I digress. We'll go off that. But yeah. um, there are agendas to create fear in society. This is one of them. And it's the fear that's causing the problem with people, not the virus. The virus does affect people with weakened immune systems. Mm -hmm. It does. But then the fear is just as bad, if not worse. And trying to get people to understand that there is no victimhood. Um, we've la I've laughed at some of the cartoons that have come out where I, I saw one my wife showed me. This guy was on the uh, at the hospital on the on the table and the doctors and the nurses go are looking at him and it says, yes, doctor, he flew through his windshield, trampled by a herd of cows and something else happened to him. The doctor turns and says, yes, another COVID-19 case. Yeah, yeah. And you're going, yeah. you know, and so it's another one of these gigs where they can play their agenda and, and do different things. But the more that people are awake mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 
tune in for themselves if something feels right for them is a lot of what I try to teach. You know, it's, I just don't want something forced on myself or anybody else that doesn't want it forced on. Now we're talking about agendas and taking freedoms away and the rest of the craziness that people like Bill Gates and, and that group uh, like to try to play with with mandatory vaccines. But they make it sound like we're doing this for you, though. Yeah. And that's always the problem with uh, these individuals. Are they well-meaning or misguided? I don't know. I don't know Bill personally or whatever. Yeah. But I've lived most of my adult life tuning into for myself what's in my best and highest interest. And I'd like to see all of society do that with the freedom to flow with that, whatever that might be. And that's a lot of my my things that I like to play with, especially with these young kids. Yeah, yeah. The parent doesn't know what's the path of the child. Mm-hmm. They may have an inkling of some of their um, talents by observing them, but the soul's path is coded into the cellular level of the body, and it's kind of like being time-coded. It comes out for the individuals when it's supposed to come out, and you blend that with the higher self's information coming in, and you got amazing, amazing kids that are working constantly with higher levels of consciousness and higher levels of information that there's no uh, there's no war, there's no violence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, people are violent because they're in pain. That's okay. normally the core thing that starts with it. They're at some level of core pain. They're not tapped into the level of peace that you are when you're tapped into truly your heart's energy. Mm-hmm. And when you get somebody that knows why they're here, I mean, who are you and why are you here? I mean, how many people have had midlife crises because they've uh, stuck in some job that gives them no pleasure? Yeah. Well, leave. Yeah. And then what do they say? Well, I can't. Yes, yeah. you can. Watch, you know. But if they've been taught to follow their passion from an early age and given the freedom to do it yeah yeah you got a different ball game entirely uh, well, if we had ball games yeah well yeah we don't have it right now but you know i want to go back to something on this uh you know a little bit michael uh you know what i mean there are things that like you know what i mean like I, you know i tried to instill in my children when they were younger you know certain disciplines you know what i mean you you, you got to take care of your health you've got to you know what i mean you've got to you do have to make your bed you know what i mean it's little disciplines is that part of the, you know what I mean? Like they have to kind of be instilled in, in them as opposed to the person that's taught it's all right to harm people. You know what I mean? Some, the pain that you create, you, you're talking about in the kids, that's, that's stuff that's, that was taught. It's okay to harm people to get what you want, but you that have to be taught entirely differently. And yeah. basically it's a belief structure yeah, in yeah. life. It, and one of the main understandings that Bashar talks about is the entire reality that I live in is based on my belief structures. My belief structures then create my emotions and my states of being. 
And from those, then we do actions. So those three, but it always comes back to a belief. Well, when you have a belief in lack, that's the one of the core triggers for exactly the type thing you're talking about. I have to, in order for me to get something in my life that I feel that I need, I need to take it from somebody else or be in competition mm -hmm. with somebody else for that energy. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way the universe works. But of course, what's taught? It's taught that original paradigm that you're referring to of dog eat dog. Um, yeah. You go back to uh, uh, survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nature works in cooperation. It does not work in survival of the fittest. But that was actually promoted in Great Britain by the aristocracy as a way of saying, we're here in charge, we're the aristocracy, we're the supreme beings, if you want to call it that, it's a bit extreme, but mm -hmm. we are at the top and you should look at us like we're special mm -hmm. instead of everyone's special. Everyone is here for a purpose and we are all part of the whole and we would be lessened if I do any level of harm to anyone, I'm part of the whole, I'm doing harm to myself. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these concepts are starting to make it into mainstream. The mindfulness is being taught in, in some of the early levels and stuff with, uh, with different things. But it's not being lived by the parents. It may be being taught at the schools. Yeah, yeah. But the parents that model that energy, that really reinforces it to the children. Okay. Yeah. And, and so you need both. Well, we have generations where it hasn't been taught. I mean, none of this material that I love to study was ever taught at any level no. of the school system, at any level from parents. Mm -hmm. And we've shifted very quickly, which is wonderful. But we're still got a long way to go within the transition of helping everyone live their genius. Mm -hmm. And that's when we start moving really towards a, as an example, just, just, I hate to beat up on the education system, but an education system that is solely designed to help Tim find his genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. What's your genius? You study whatever you're drawn to. See, the human, the human experience is a learning machine. We are incredible. And these new kids are bored. Why? Because they're being forced to study things they have no interest in. Yeah. Um, I've one of my grandkids, one of the ones I'm working with, plays Fortnite. Okay. He is very unfocused in school. But you get him playing those games, I can't even see how fast his freaking fingers are hitting the keyboard, keypads. Okay. I mean, it's a blur. He's he's won tournaments and all kinds, but his hands are moving in an absolute blur yeah. that I couldn't even compass, comprehend. But if you would take him just on his schoolwork, you say, well, he's completely unfocused. Yeah. No. He's unfocused at what you're trying to yeah. And I had that issue myself in school where, you know what I mean? It, and I had, that's why I broke my marketing down to simple tasks. I, 
if if you if it's if it's a difficult thing, I can't explain it or can't comprehend it. I have to break it down. I tell people like uh, you know, I had a lady on who was a teacher the other day, and I said, you know, if it's past seven, I remember seven, sixth, seventh grade was the hardest for me to get through because it was now going off in directions I really wasn't interested in learning yet. Yeah. But maybe at a later time. Yeah, yeah. I learned it later and later in life. I was ready to learn it. When I was ready to learn it, it came in. So, but no, it's it's always fascinating the timings. Yeah, yeah. And trying to force something or someone or in an event outside of timing never works well. Yeah, it, yeah. it just doesn't flow. But then when the timing's right, I was watching a uh, one of the world championships of public speaking. I I do Toastmasters. Uh, my wife and I. And this gal that won, she she won the competition, was a black woman. And she was describing how she had quit college, basically dropped out, not one, not two, not three, four times. Wow. And yet later when she was ready, she went back, got her degree, graduated magnum cum laude. Okay. And she had dropped out four times times. Wow. 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 So it's fat. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The paths we take as, as a human and uh, it's such a joy. I, I mean, I love to do my hypnosis work. And uh, one of the things I do, Tim, is I hypnotize parents to get information behind the scenes about what's going on with the kids. Wow. In other words, their soul's path. Why are they here? And normally, how best can Tim support yeah. John, Sue, Charlotte, or or whoever your child may be at the time? Mm -hmm. And I get some absolutely fascinating information in different trance states with the uh, with the women I work with. Cool, cool. Well, well, uh, Michael, what what is one way that people can actually get a hold of you? All right, if they want to go into getting some more information about this and and learn more about you. Easiest way to learn really more about me is go to my website, michaelorwig.com. I also do interviews and I've got on the website, uh, currently I've got two full seasons of interviews I've got up mm -hmm. on different subjects around the new children, parenting and the shifts going on. My best way to contact me directly is just with my email, crystalfalcon747 at gmail.com. And... Uh, I'd love to work with different people. I'm presently working on creating some different course of studies that I can either that can either be done strictly by watching the videos and then implementing the material, or I'm probably going to do it as some form of interactive, a combined video and personal work. But that's in the work still. That's all I'm putting all that together at the current time. Well. It, it, it's been cool learning this from you today, Michael, but, uh, you know, I, 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 we've got to wrap up the show, unfortunately. Um, but I, before we do, I have a game. Have you heard about my game? Go for it. Oh man. This is a game I like to play asking people, uh, about eight or nine, this or that question. So people get a personal side of you. So, um, you know, I, I learned this from Sammy Hagar and I kind of pick some of them I think are related to you and some of them are just general. So, Let's start with this one. I like to see who the people are, who are the geeks like me, who are either into Star Wars or Star Trek. All of the above. <laughs> uh, you, you didn't start with one and move to the other? 
Well, I, you know, Star Trek came out before Star Wars did. Yeah, yeah. And I'm old enough. I you know all of the virtually every sci-fi space mm -hmm, mm -hmm. adventure movie I've seen of every type. Yeah, cool. Pretty much every one of them. And of course, probably it started back in the day with Star Trek and the William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy version of the original Star Trek. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but no, I've loved I've always loved all of those. And one of the things I teach about and talk about, I call them literally that learning academy, the Star Seed Academy. Uh -huh. Cool. Cool. So, so, yeah, those are an easy ones. I've loved the, all of them. Yeah. So next one, I like to ask people, would you rather in the car, would you rather listen to a podcast or music? A podcast. Podcast. It's more and more. Well, people now, let me qualify that. If I'm driving to work at 530 in the morning for a 6 a.m. sim, yeah, I yeah. Can probably just do music. But if I'm semi-awake, then I'd like a podcast. Okay. How about are you, are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a dog person. Dog person? Mm. Taco or hamburger? Hamburger. Hamburger. I like you now. <laughs> but within that... Yeah. My wife has a PhD in natural medicine. Oh, okay. So it's grass-fed natural hamburger, yeah. not just a hamburger. Okay. Uh, how about beach or mountains? Uh, both, but I still would lean towards the beach. Okay. I'm a Hawaii-type guy. It's always been my favorite place. But here we are in Colorado, yeah. and we live in the mountains. Yeah. Well, so this this one here, all right, can be uh, kind of controversial. Some people believe it should be, and some people believe it shouldn't. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I've enjoyed that. Yeah. I've been, I'm not an anchovy guy. Okay, yeah, I don't like the anchovies either. Pineapple but on pineapple. pizza. Uh, ham and pineapple has a very interesting... I like pepperoni and pineapple, but, you know, people think I'm weird. Yeah. No. I understand. I understand that, but no, I I, I like pineapple. I like pineapple anytime. <laughs> How about uh, you know, a bottle of beer or a glass of wine? Uh, I'm not a beer drinker. Never yeah. have been. I I will have a glass of wine once a month. That's ah, about yeah. it. Ah. Um, and uh, my most controversial question is: Is the toilet paper does it go over on the roll or under? Has to go over. Has to go over. Has to. I love that. Has to go over. Has to go over. And my last one is uh, like a freaky one, but I like to ask boxers or briefs. Uh, I do that. Um, the bamboo. It's it's not it's not a box. It's the tweener. It's not a boxer and it's not a brief. It's the kind of a short brief. Yeah, I they, mean, I, it's it's a short boxer if you want to call it that or whatever. But yeah, it's kind of a cleaner between them. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like you know, you know. But it's not that bad of a not that bad of a test. But anyway, so how'd I do? You did good. You did good. It just shows that everyone has different. Exactly what you've been teaching us for the past half hour. Everyone has differences. That's it. There's no wrong answer. It's just everybody likes it or grew up or what they what they seem to come up as to them matters to them and that's what what i like about that that game so. there is an infinite number of experiences out there whatever floats your boat have a blast enjoy yeah yeah so michael one more time tell everybody your website so they can hear it on the audio as well as on here and and how they get a hold of you it's my name it's michaelorwig.com and i've got some incredible uh videos up there already uh and my email Crystal Falcon 747 at Gmail. So it's 
crystal, just like a crystal, falcon, just like the bird. And I flew 747s for a really long time for United at gmail.com. Okay. Well, I thank you personally for Michael for coming on the show today and uh, you, the guests. I want to thank you guys for listening in right now and actually, uh, you know what I mean, paying attention to this and, and getting some great information. Do me a favor, subscribe to our, our podcast on both iTunes, YouTube, and Anchor FM. I'm Tim Gillette with The Tim Gillette Show. We want to thank Michael Orwig for coming on the show today, and we will see you guys next time with another great interview. I'm Tim Gillette. Bye now. <laughs>